Because he's the hero Gotham deserves, not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt him because he can take it. Because he's not our hero. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. The greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, The Dark Knight. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, your Olympic hero, Rick Barrasso, and me, the big joke, Boski, we're going to watch every single movie ever made, and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing fantastic, and I'll tell you why, because today we finish sequel month. With the yes. Dark Knight, second annual sequel month. Kind of sad. Kind of, kind of sad. I, I really enjoy sequel month. I don't know about you, but it's one of my favorite themed months. It's good. I like I like sequel month. Who doesn't love a sequel? I mean, mm-hmm. a bunch of like movie nerds don't like sequels, right. but now nah, screw them. Yep. But uh, last week, speaking of sequel month, we had an episode on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and it was another great episode. Check that one out or any of our library, we're on Spotify, we're in Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use, subscribe and review if you can. It's extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed it, or if you have anything else you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can email us at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our good friend who is in this movie, some would say the main character of this movie, Bruce Wayne, would say, tell your friends about us. But now here we go. <laughs> the Dark Knight is a 2008 superhero film directed, of course, by Christopher Nolan. It stars Christian Bale as Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, Heath Ledger as the Joker, Gary Oldman as Commissioner Jim Gordon, Michael Caine as Alfred, Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel Dawes, Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent, and Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. It made $1.006 billion with a B. Whoa. Yep. On a $185 million budget. It's got a 9 on IMDb, a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 84% on Metacritic. Safe to say people enjoyed this movie. Man, Ebert, though, what did the Ebert think? Four out of four. Iron Man and even sucks. more so the Dark Knight moved the genre into deeper waters. They realize, as some comic book readers instinctively do, that these stories touch on deep fears, traumas, fantasies, and hopes. Stupid. Stupid shit. Yeah, you disagreeing with that take? No, I just don't like anything he says. Okay, so what, what's wrong about that one? I just think he's a jerk. Okay, yeah, but what's uh, I love I I love the movie. I just think what he says okay. is stupid. That's all. Okay, why why is it stupid? He's just an idiot. Yeah, but what what about it makes that idiotic? I mean, he's just a moron. Everything he says. Is okay, stupid. but what about what stupidity. about that is moronic? What about that statement? It's just dumb. Just completely dumb. Okay, but what what's why is it dumb? It's just I mean he's ridiculous. Okay, but what what is ridiculous about what he said? Not not he's not even he's not even fa- he's not even fathoming anything. He's not even okay. What, what, what is what, what is unfathoming about that statement? Robert Ebert is dead. Robert you know Ebert what? never existed. Roger Ebert is dead. <laughs> See, I don't even know his birthday. 
Clearly, uh, I don't care about him. Michelle Phillips of the, I think it's Michelle, uh, maybe Michael, and I might have written down the name wrong. I apologize. If that's the case. Uh, the Chicago Tribune says Nolan paints an inky portrait of a city falling apart. And in a movie rife with two-faced masquerading freaks, the Joker is merely the least conflicted of the bunch. Ledger's work is improbably droll, impossibly creepy, and meticulously detailed. For a negative one, Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal. Joe Morgan. He's a ba- what does he know? He's a Joe baseball Morgan player. Joe Morgenstern. Uh, I mean, Joe Morgan. He's a uh, you know it, he doesn't he he doesn't like any like stats to kept after like 1960 so you know it doesn't I mean, make sense yeah he gets very offended when you say he's one of the great second basemen of all time i don't blame him statistically it's like you're like statistically joe you're a great second baseman he's like i suck compared to people who played before me okay Same. joe <laughs> thanks joe uh, thanks joe no but this other joe joe morgan stern of the wall street journal says christopher nolan's latest exploration of the batman mythology steeps its muddled plot in so much murk that the Joker's maniacal nihilism comes to seem like a recurrent grace note. Oy, big words, sloppy words. Fuck you. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, what, he, what he's trying to say there is basically like, it's so fucking dark that the Joker's the only fun thing in the movie. Well, I mean, he definitely overshadows a lot of other things, but... He does. But he's saying that's everything true. else sucks. The Joker's the only good thing because the yeah, Joker has that, personality. That's yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Speaking of which, well, Derek, I know the answer to this question because I was there. Could you uh, <laughs> could you tell us about the first time you saw this movie? I yeah, I can do that. I can actually do that. Um, I saw it, uh, I believe, opening night. Yes. And yes, my drama friends and me from the college I went to we all decided to go and we were like oh let's dress up we'll get attention it'll be fun so we all talked about who we're gonna go as and of course me being the fucking drama queen that I am I was like I'm gonna be the joker um and I went as the joker and my friend at the time who I'm not friends with anymore he went as two-faced and he put the wrong he did the wrong side like the That's long a, half seems like it, from the stories you've told it seems like a fitting uh, fitting costume for him yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he uh, he wore like the, the the makeup on the wrong side, and I made fun of him all night. But uh, it was kind of cool because we got there. And His two face like, looking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, my friend, my other friend, went as Cat Batgirl or something, and I don't know if. So- oh yeah, my other friend went as Harley Quinn, I think. But um, it was funny because we show up at the theater, and with our friend who was supposed to be there as well and he had the tickets and he forgot the tickets so he had to drive all the way back home and get them and we're all just like chilling and hanging out the guy, all the people who worked there were like holy shit can we take pictures of you guys I'm like hey whatever and he started they started giving us free shit like they gave us a bunch of like mugs like for different movies and like different like, cool things and stuff and he's like okay you guys ready like get in line you guys should get in line first and we got in line first and the ticket guy's like hey what's your tickets and i'm like yeah they're not in my hand right now so we had to get out of line. It was really embarrassing. Let me but, step in here and let me ahead. tell some of the story from my perspective. Yeah. Uh, so I was, so we were in the same theater. Once you get in there, uh, not together. I went with uh past guest of the show, Cameron Pond, uh, as well as a couple of other people. I don't 
think Jen was there, but she might have been. We were there. I was not dressed up as anything. And you were dressed as Rick. Rick I was dressed as Rick. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a, so we, and this is a midnight screening. Me and the same group had seen Iron Man at the same theater. You know, Iron Man came out a couple of weeks before this. And it was not, Iron Man was not super crowded because the MCU was not the MCU yet. And I knew this was going to be crazy. So I told the rest of the group, I was like, you you guys need to get here early. You guys need to get here early, early, early. And of course they didn't because the only midnight experience they had was like the kind of slow Iron Man. So I'm kind of like stressed out, like, oh, we got to get, like, I think I had all the tickets. So I had to meet people and the lobby was just packed. So I was like, I got to wait. So I'm like stressed out. And we finally like get in the theater. And I forget if I, I knew you were at the movie theater. I didn't know you were in the same like auditorium that we were. And then like they start calling people up who are dressed up. Yeah. Yep. So I'll let you take it over from there. I don't even really remember it. I remember just going yep. up front and there was just a bunch of people who were dressed up and the one dude was dressed up as Batman and his suit was fucking ridiculous. And he was kind of a dick to all of us. He was just being a jerk. Like what the hell? He was just, I don't know. I forget. He <laughs> stole very thunder. Bossy. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of like all I really remember. I just remember uh, going up there and then we went back to our seats and stuff. And then we, and then we watched it. And, uh, um, but I will say right before, so when our friend went to go back and get his tickets to get the tickets, he came back and, and him and another friend got into a fist fight outside. <laughs> <laughs> Over yeah. what? I don't remember. I mean, one of them was a complete jerk and the other one had no spine. That was their dynamic. So they always fought all the time. Oh, um, but anyways, uh, yeah, but it was yeah, an interesting I, I, night. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you, you were in the same room as me, but I just remember like you being called up, and I was sort of like in the back of the theater, and I was like looking down. I was like, "That's fucking Derek." Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a fun time. Wait, um, so I didn't, so so we didn't see each other beforehand. No, I know. I think we we were talking. We were like, I think like we're both going to the same theater. So, like, I was kind of, like, on the lookout for you, but I was, like, I didn't see you until you were, like, called up to the front right, of the, right, right. the theater. Okay. But that's our, <laughs> our fun experience there. Let's uh, yeah. let's talk about what actually happens in this movie. Let's throw 30 seconds on the clock. Do you have a song? Are you just counting us down? Yeah, let's, uh, you know what? Let's just, I'll just count you down here. All right. All right. Three, two, one, go. The Joker, a psychopathic criminal in clown makeup, has targeted Gotham to try to break its collective soul. Batman, Gordon, and new DA Harvey Dent are determined to stop him and put the mob behind bars. After a chase through the city where Joker tries to kidnap Dent, he uses the pressure he has within the mob and Gordon Major Crime Unit to have Harvey and Rachel Dawes kidnapped. The experience kills Rachel and leaves Harvey physically and emotionally scarred. Batman Gordon tracked down and eventually arrested the Joker, but he'd already run the war. Harvey had gone on the killing spree. Batman takes the blame to preserve the reputation of Dent after his death. All right. About 29 seconds. All right. So that's a a very broad overview of what happens in this movie because it is uh, kind of like a crime epic. Uh, Yeah. Very reminiscent of, of heat, you know, right down to like William Fickner's in the beginning of it. Yep. And uh, has a lot in common, a lot of the same DNA of that movie and uh, kind of a, a yeah, pretty, uh, pretty significant homage to it. But let's talk about what we 
like about the movie as we do count down our three favorite scenes. Derek, are you? Uh, what is your number three scene? Yeah, I um, I really struggled with the with this because there are two scenes that are my my one and two threes between two scenes right now, and I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pick my scene, but I want to just just say my my the one that didn't make it. Uh, and I won't go into detail because it might be one of your scenes, but I, the one that almost made it that should have made it, but there's so many good scenes is that is the Joker's uh, intro, uh, not the beginning of the movie, but when he first comes into the meeting and right. has the thing with Gamble and all that, that scene almost made my top three and it's a, incredible and I'm mad that it's not, but it's a lot of good scenes. Yeah, no, that's not um, on my list, but we, I mean, we can talk about it briefly. Yeah. Um, I mean, just I, I'm technically not his introduction to the movie, but right. I feel like it almost should be. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the, the, the opening is cool, but it's so separate from the rest of the movie. Right, right. Yeah, it feels different. And I um, I remember specifically, I mean, I, again, I was at the theater and I remember after that scene when the Joker's at the very end, he's like, here's my card. And he leaves it and he walks out. I remember the girl behind me just goes, wow, fucking brilliant. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we all felt that way. We were all just like, whoa, like, yes, he's the Joker. Well, like, we knew. And let's, I mean, let's talk about sort of up front as well, because this is the, the hype for his, so Heath Ledger dies before this movie comes out. And I remember the hype for his performance, even before he died, was off the charts. Like, I remember like stuff leaking out of the studio of Warner Bros being like what this kid is doing you're not gonna believe it and like right. I think I think Michael Caine was just like even before he died he's like he's gonna win the Oscar for this performance like he called his shot wow and, Kane you know, unfortunately right. the Michael Caine the Michael Caine curse uh, expresses itself one way or the other yep yep <laughs> we're not only gonna see him in the future we're gonna see him right away and then he dies so the Michael Caine curse continues mm-hmm. but then he dies and it is the hype is unlike anything I've seen before or since. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. Okay. So yeah. What's your, uh, what is your number three scene? So my actual number three scene is the big chase sequence between the Joker and Batman. Um, it is very intense. It's very well uh, directed. It's just really, really crazy. And like, it just starts with, the cop looking over at the truck and be like, you got to move, man. And then just Joker comes out of nowhere out the window and just shot, shotguns him. And it's like, whoa, it's kind of a jump thing. And then it goes into this whole big thing where the Joker has a fucking bazooka and he's just going nuts. And all the, and, and, and the whole time you're, you're hearing this cop or this FBI agent or whatever. And he's in the truck and he's like, well, like sitting ducks here. And he's talking to somebody else who we don't know who it is. And that actor is in a bunch of stuff that I've seen. He's in Dazed yeah. and Confused. He's in a bunch of stuff. And he's, I think his name is William Cat, I think. Um, he's in uh, the boiler room. He's a, he's a pretty good actor. Yeah. But um, it, it, and then it, it kind of goes into the, you know, Batman chasing down the Joker. And then, you know, Joker ends up, you know, he's in this, like, what? The, this, like, humongous, like, 18-wheeler. And when that tips over, you're like, holy shit. And then the Joker comes out. He's in the middle of the street. And he's got his machine gun. And Batman's, you know, about to ram his bike into him, but he turns because Batman can't break his rule, killing somebody. And the whole thing's a ploy. And fucking Gordon comes out and he's like, well, he got you, you son of a bitch. 
And it's just a really cool scene that you just don't see coming. So. Yep. So my number three scene is the scene. It's sort of the, it's the Joker's last scene uh, in the movie. And it's intercut with Batman has caught the Joker and he's hanging him upside down, but it's intercut with these boats. And the, he, the Joker had put two, a bomb on two boats, two ferries. One was full of civilians, women, children, men, a random assortment of Gothamites. And the other was, film, uh, was filled with prisoners. And basically gave them the dilemma that you can set, anyone on this boat can set off the bomb that will blow up the other boat. Now, I think it's probably the case where they would be setting off their own bombs if they did. But you get a, a really, in that aspect of it, you know, of this sort of intercutting story, you get just a very, um, very, like almost against hype because he usually does comedy or action, like a performance from Tiny Lister. Yep. That is short. It's not, he's not on screen for a long team uh, for a long time. And rest in peace, by the way, Tiny Lister. Um, yep. He's not on screen for a long time, but he, his character makes a great impression. Yep. And it really, you know, he's really the one that beats the Joker. If you think yeah, about it. Right. You know, Batman, like, and, and, you know, on the other side of you get Batman, he's like beating the Joker up and they're having the thing with the dogs. But specifically the really cool part about that is when the Joker's hanging upside down and you have this shot and I'll, I'll say like the theme for the Joker in this, the musical theme is so it like raises the tension, like it raises the temperature in the scene, just the music. And it's oh, so, and Joker has that like that, like that violin sort of thing. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just like whenever that happens, it's like fuck. Like even even if this Ledger performance wasn't as legendary as it is, that's so effective in itself. And you have that, and in this scene, you have the camera is turning upside down, so Joker is right side up in the picture in the frame, but he is upside down so his hair is crazy and he's just he looks like he's moving in this bizarre way because he's upside yeah. down and he right. sounds weird because the blood's rushing to his head and he's just like you and i are like you think i would risk the spade of this city in a fist fight with you and he knows he's already won with with harvey dent yep and it goes back to, you know, another line in the movie where it's just like, he's looking at bad and he's like, nothing to do with all your strength. And it's just like, yep. the Joker is an unbeatable villain for, for Batman because he won't break it, his one rule. And that's right, what Joker and that's, says. And that's the only way to really stop him. Yeah. So you have this very sort of like touching scene where you know, Gotham refuses to completely destroy itself. Now I will say, and we'll get to this, the one weak aspect of this is Christian Bale just needs needed to not be in the Batman voice the entire time. Right. You know, and that's kind of a weak part of the scene, but like the stuff that works is so good, but I do, I, I mean, to speak to Christian Bale, I do like his, when he's just kind of like looking at the Joker and just like, what do I fucking have to do? 
Right. Like, I just, I love that part of his performance where he's just like, I'm, I'm at a loss, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's go on. What is your number two favorite scene? Oh man. So that's the, what you just said is a great scene. Um, my number two um, is the epic scene between Batman and Joker in the kind of like um, the jail holding mm-hmm. area. Um, it's just an iconic scene and it's uh, finally they're head to head, they're face to face and Batman's strength is completely overpowering the Joker, but the Joker's brain, you know, the Joker's mind his warped brain just gets under Batman's skin at all costs. And it's funny too. Heath Ledger puts on a really funny performance too, but when Batman, you know, beats the shit out of him and he's just fucking laughing on the floor, it's like, Oh man, like, how do you kill? How do you beat this guy? You know? He's too fucking much. He's too much. And I just notice always that wicked laugh on the ground and his yellow teeth and his makeup kind of like coming off and stuff. And he just looks nuts. And it's so, it's such a good scene. It just makes me smile every time I watch it. And, you know, the opening of the scene too is when Batman slams his head down on the table. Like when the light turns on, right. it's just, it's great. I mean, there's so much to say about this scene. The dialogue's great. And, you know, you complete me and all these things. It's, it's great. It's just great. It, it, it could have made my number one, but I like one scene a little bit more than this, but it's sure. fucking great. So uh, my number two scene is, uh, is the chase that you already mentioned. And uh, I think it's Nikki cat is the actor. I love his delivery of just like, was that a bazooka? <laughs> uh, okay. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Can these get, Oh, yeah, there's like the, I think the cops in the back's like, oh, can can these like, yeah, you know, can these get through there? It's like, oh, not with those size guns. Joker <laughs> just has a bazooka, and he has the the truck that he's painted an S in front of laughter. It's a slaughter is the best medicine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here's let me tell you something about myself. I am not a car or motorcycle head at all. Mm-hmm. Like these things do not interest me whatsoever in real life and movies and whatever. When the fucking bat pod comes out of the tumbler, I lost my mind. <laughs> but like I saw like a picture of like there was, you know, sometimes these big movies and superhero movies, you see pictures of like toys that are going to be released. And I had seen the bat pod, like a picture of what it looked like. And I was like, yeah, whatever, a motorcycle. But the way it comes out and it's the fucking front wheel of the tumbler and it like turns around on a wall. I was like, I'm yeah, fucking that, in. I am in. This is the coolest yeah, thing I've ever seen. That was amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, you get to the, you get to the, yeah, the Gordon is alive. Really. And I kind of knew Gordon was alive because I'd watched the trailer and I was like, oh, there was a shot in the trailer. Like logically I was, I was still like, that's the one kind of plot point in this movie that doesn't really never really got me i was like okay gordon's not dead like this is a this is a trick well for, uh, yeah they should they probably shouldn't have put that scene in there because i think i had forgotten about it so yeah. I, I was actually kind of like oh i can't believe they killed him so i was actually yeah. you know for me it worked yeah and i was like it was more the question for me it was like oh when are they going to bring it back? and then they had this like you know mass guy who wasn't saying anything i was like okay well that's gordon right, um, right yeah. but but the scene where like joker like uh you know he his Batman refuses to run over the Joker and he swerves out of the way and he crashes and he's down. He's out on the ground. And 
one of the Joker's henchmen goes to like unmask him. There's kind of a little like electric shock and Joker just like shoots at him. He's like, no, 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 no. Um, it's the energy of, of that scene. And then like after Batman refuses to kill him, Joker just like, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like this little thing. And it's just, it's such a, a great epic scene. Um, it's, yeah. it's so much fun. And then you get the Gordon return, which I think, yeah, despite the fact that I, I, I didn't bite on it. I was like, Oh, that's very effective how they, you know, clearly I remember, the crowd in our in our theater erupting when uh, yep. when Gordon unmasked himself. Uh, but yeah, very very cool stuff there. So, what is your number one scene? So the scene that I think that got me the most, maybe the darkest scene in the in the whole movie, is when the Joker visits Two Face in the hospital, mm-hmm. and the Joker, you know, Two Face is already a mess. He's already angry. He's already just a just an absolute dude. He just lost his girlfriend. You know, the woman he loves is dead. And the guy who killed him, killed her is right there above him in, in there. And, you know, the Joker has a way with words and the way he, he kind of presents things. And he's just like, what I want to tell you is that, you know, whatever happened with your girlfriend, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, you know, wasn't personal, you know, and he, he you know. Meanwhile, he puts- so here's the thing. And I want to jump in there for a second. The Joker in this scene is saying like, oh, I'm not a schemer, but he is a schemer. He didn't just like let things play out. He tells Batman the opposite addresses. Right. So, you know, it like he's just lying to Dent right to his face. Yeah. Yeah. But go on. Yeah. He's dressed up as a nurse, too, which makes it even better. But uh you know, the, the, the scary part of the scene and the music and the t- intensity where he puts the gun in his hand and he's like, introduce a little anarchy. And I think Two-Face at that, you know, he knows that Joker's unhinged and, and it just, he becomes, the, the Joker becomes this character that, so we know it earlier in the movie, he's like, if I die, I die, whatever. But he's literally like, if you want to fucking kill me right now, here's your chance. Yeah. He puts the gun to his head and he flips the coin, they flip the coin, and then the Joker's walking out and then blows up the building. But it's a really dark scene, you know. It's just uh, the 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 downfall of this, you know, of Gotham's. I guess you could say White Knight, right? Uh, but it's this person who's really trying to make a difference in the town and like fix it, even though he's kind of got like a politician kind of personality. He's still like a good guy who wants to do the right thing. And he even says, you know what, I'm the Batman earlier in the movie, just so he can like cause, you know, stir the shit and, and, and right. get things going and stuff. And he's a guy who just falls completely. He's like a fallen angel at this point. And then the Joker has to really put it in his head, like going forward, like just fuck everybody. And, you know, and, and, and that's what he does. Two-Face goes to everybody who he thinks wronged him, flips the coin and that's their fate, you know? Um, it's, it's just a really, really well-crafted scene. And I always remember just the performances, especially in that scene, you know, when the Joker's like, I'm like a dog chasing, you know, a cop car or whatever he says. He's like, I wouldn't know what to do with it if I caught it. I just do things. And he does just do things, but you, like you said, he is a schemer. 
You know, he's, he's got the whole fucking scheme. Like he's he's got the whole world in his hand, really. Yeah, and he like he's telling people he'll scream at the top of his lungs. You know, just that's like I just do things. I don't have plans. I just fucking I'm chaos. But he is like the ultimate fucking planner. Like he puts the bomb in the guy's stomach. He put like he tells him the different addresses. He like plans to kill Lao. Like he, you know, his his goals may be, you know, anarchy, and his goals may be to like break down the, you know, societal, you know, soci- the things in society that the rules that people tell themselves. But he has a plan to do that. He's full of shit. Joker's full of shit. Yeah, he is full of shit. Yep. Um, but what a, what a wonderful fucking scene. Yes. So my number one scene is one that you've already mentioned. It is the interrogation scene. I think it's so much has been said about this scene, you know, and, and since this movie has come out and how it's just these, I, I don't know why these two characters, not just in this movie, but in almost every medium, why th- these two characters bounce off each other so well. You know, there's nothing historically relevant about like clowns and bats. There's like, there's, there's something in like the unconscious of America that takes the, like the dark brooding hero and the like cackling bright villain. And it just like, they work so well. And we get two pros like, you know, like Bale and Ledger here. They work so well with each other. And again, just like Batman just impotently beating on the Joker. Mm-hmm. And the Joker's just laughing because it's like, what are you, what are you going to do? And yeah. he like the, the, you know, so the Trump card that he has where he's just like, I... Well, let's just, let's just start at the beginning. I like the the little bit at the scene, a little bit at the beginning of the scene with Joker and Gordon, and where he's like, "Harvey Dent went miss. Harvey Dent never made it home last night. No, of course he didn't. What time is it? Why does it matter? Well, depending on the answer to that question, he could be in one place or several. And he's like, "Okay," and then he just leaves the room, and you see like all the cops at the window. Right. Like just so dialed in on this. And then you have the um, you know, when he when he has that, like the only thing Joker has to do to be like, I thought you really were dent for a second, the way you went after her. And the second he says her, like the whole t- the whole mood changes. Yep. And he and you know, Batman goes to try to save Rachel unknowingly, you know, going to Dent. And then just as a little uh, little add-on here, you have the uh, the Joker sort of taunting the other cop uh, where he's just like, do you want to know, you know, they say you only really know somebody in their dying moments or whatever he says. Like, Would you like to know which of your friends were cowards? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's son of a bitch. Right. Um, but I do want to give a, uh, a, a an honorable mention to a scene we haven't mentioned, which is incredible it's the, the party scene where it's the first time Batman and Joker come face to face. Yep. And it's really kind of Maggie Gyllenhaal's like one really good moment in the movie mm-hmm. where she kind of has her one-on-one with the, uh, with the Joker as well. Um, 
man. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of great scenes in this movie. Oh but, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, there's one kind of glaring bad part of this movie. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's the voice. It's the Batman it's voice. The vo- it's, it's the Batman voice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you have anything else? I mean, he's again, like, I don't mind the voice when he's like interrogating someone. But when he's like, I can't, I, I have to look. Darby Dent was the hero of this city. And he like that shit. It's like, no, just like speak normally. Right. It's, 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 yeah, it's a little bit too much. I think everybody could probably agree with that. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I don't want to say it's like bad necessarily, but I, I just don't buy that this is the same Gotham City that we saw in Batman Begins. Like I, think, like, I think it's it's lit differently. It looks different. Like, the the color palette is entirely different from what they use in Batman Begins. Like, it's, it's you know, they make this movie look like Heat, which is fine. But Batman Begins Gotham was very much more, like, stylized. But do you have anything else you want to mention as far as least favorite parts? Not really. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, this movie, I'm not saying this is like a 100% perfect movie, but I mean, besides Christian Bale's ridiculous Batman voice at times, there's really nothing else about this movie that's bad. So I got nothing. So let's get to uh, to medals. Who do you have for bronze? My bronze goes to Aaron Eckhart. I think that he brought something to the character that I didn't think he would. I didn't really know who he was at the time. And I really enjoyed his, his uh, characterization and, and his um, really his, his, his downfall and everything. And, you know, he is this good guy and you do kind of like him a little bit, even though he's, you know, not, he's with Rachel and you wish that Bruce Wayne was with Rachel and this guy is taking down the mafia and doing all these things. And he's just like the golden goose of the town. He plays that up really, really well. And then when, you know, his face falls in that vat of chemicals and stuff and or was it just gasoline and he gets burnt or whatever, it's uh, it's very intense and you're waiting for it to happen. And then, you know, there's a couple of scenes where like you don't see his face. You just see the side of his regular face. And when he finally turns and looks at Gordon and you just see his fucking jaw and everything like him in the makeup was pretty incredible i just i was blown away by that makeup um and from the rest of the movie he was just like much more intense and and he 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 was two-faced he was the character very he just played it very very well um and i guess he he made my bronze because of the surprise that he kind of brought to the movie of like yeah this movie is heath ledger but but and Aaron Eckhart is is overlooked, but if you watch the movie again, like he does his job very, very well. It's not even serviceable; it's very well. So, he's my bronze. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give this as a, a tie between uh, with with Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard, who did the score uh, for this movie. Like we like we talked about, just that that little like note that it just like is that like we said like the joker's theme raising the temperature yep and just like not a not a bad step i think in this in the score for this movie whatsoever no not at all who is your silver medal winner my silver goes to christopher nolan you know he's 
I don't think he's made a bad movie, or at least from what I've seen. I haven't seen any movies where I was like, eh. He, everything he pretty much makes is like pretty, uh, pretty sturdy and pretty good, and it and it and it lasts. You know, it's it's, it's a movie that you can go back and watch and be like, wow, yeah, it still holds up. It's a, it's a very stylist, you know, style movie. And I, I didn't know how I felt about his like fighting sequences as much. And they weren't they weren't as like messy as they were in Batman Begins. That was a very like a lot of the fight scenes were very messy. I feel like the Dark Knight was a lot less of that, which was nice. Um, even though that is his style. Yeah, I think they were go- like in in Batman Begins. I feel like they were going for a certain style, and I think they succeeded mm-hmm. in what they were trying to do, but it just didn't work. Yep. Uh, whereas this, I think the the action is definitely more more well thought out. Let's yep. let's say that. Right, right. Uh, my my silver is Christopher Nolan as well. Um, just so many of the things that he loves as a filmmaker really started here. Like he had the, you know, the scenes that it's, it's tough to, if you're, if you didn't see it in the theater, it's tough to look at the scale of the certain scenes that were filmed on the IMAX cameras mm-hmm. where it's just like, you see these landscapes and it's just like, he's playing with the format of the actual film. And right. it's like, it is larger than life and there's Batman and yeah, it's, it's crazy to look at and just, he gets to, you know, it's, it's funny. I think we talked about with, with, you know, we talked about this a bit on the heat episode where it's like when heat first comes out, reviews are like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then by the time to, you know, 2008 rolls around and this movie's coming out, it's like, yes, heat is understood to be, the you know the the most recent crime classic that will be watched for generations and right. and nolan gets to do this like little homage to it yeah i mean it's 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 everything he wanted to do and you know the performances he gets out of the uh you know the the actors is is, is great um and gold i assume is of course going to al pacino right yeah i mean he's his falcone now his, his, I wouldn't have minded if Pacino was one of the mob bosses in one of these movies. Yeah, he's Maroney. <laughs> Maroney, yeah. I, I will say, uh, one of, I think we, we may have talked about this in the past, maybe not, um, but when there's a scene where, like, Batman drops Maroney, like, from a cliff, and he, like, lands and, like, snaps his legs. Yeah. And Batman's, like, screaming in his face, and, like, Maroney's, like, Batman's, like, who are his friends? And Maroney's, like, friends you met this guy <laughs> but like i'm like you just broke both your legs and that's how you react eric yeah. roberts uh very interesting choice um <laughs> no but gold but, is, is is i'm assuming heath ledger heath ledger uh i mean you, you know somebody somebody like him i i don't i don't know if he was a method actor before the dark knight but he was definitely practicing method acting for this movie for sure and i, I know i think we both know some of the things that he did and he like locked himself in a hotel room and he like became the joker you know he 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 isolated himself you know and became that person and i think that when an actor does that i mean it, it's it's very troubling for them on the other side and we know that from from performances by like you know for instance jim carrey and man on the moon like it took him a year to realize honestly realize like hey you're not that person you're jim carrey and he was like i i had to find myself again i was in a really fucked up state of mind Heath ledger it literally killed him you know um 
the medications he took and stuff. I mean, obviously to relax, get some sleep and, you know, he OD'd, but his performance is he's all in, you know, he's, he's all in completely 100%. There's not a moment in the movie where you're like, nah, he didn't really, no, no, no. He was all in 100%. And, you know, Christopher Nolan said in the past, you know, when he was asked why Heath Ledger, Nolan says it every time because he's fearless, you know, and we saw that, we saw that performance. We saw how fearless he was to become this person. And that is, that is being fearless when you're like, this may fucking destroy me, you know, not, maybe not knowing that, but like he knew probably in his head that like, this is going to take a lot out of me. Um, so, I mean, his performance will go down as one of the greatest of all time. There's no doubt about it. Um, at the very least, I'd say that he's like top 10 performances ever. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why he's gold. I mean, that's, that's a lot to put on, like in all the movies ever fucking made to say he's a top I mean, 10 performance. It's, I a, it's a yeah, lot. But, uh, you I know. don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that a lot of people would agree with me that like, I think we can, we can say in a comic book movie, I think this is, I don't like, know. The I best mean, he, performance. He, but, but he, sh- I mean, how, how many times can you honestly say that like, you know, a, a, a casting of this magnitude and the, all the negativity of his, him being cast and being the underdog and then going in there and him absolutely hitting a fucking grand slam. Like you don't see that very often. And, I, and then he dies. I think those two elements bring him to the, to the top of the food chain of like, we didn't know it. We didn't expect it. And I, I think a lot of us didn't. And we saw it. And he was just incredible. And to this day, I mean, he's probably, when you're making a list of your favorite jokers, I'm sure he's up there probably number one. Oh, of course. Like there's, uh, there's, I mean, it's, but, it's, it's, it's him and Mark Hamill. And uh, like, that's there. Everyone else is just trying to, go for go for bronze uh when it comes to jokers i feel like um sorry jack uh but you know i mean he's he's a a clear number one here he you know this performance is you know when he's not i remember reading reviews at the time and being like when he's not on screen he's still in the movie because like his performance is so affecting yeah that it's just like everything anyone does in the movie is in response to him. Right. Right. And it's just, it's an incredibly powerful performance, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of the bigger no brainer gold medals we've, we've ever had. I feel like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's, uh, let's try to do recasting. Um, So let's go over what we had for, uh, for Batman begins for me, for of of the characters that appear in this movie. uh, I had Dennis Hayes, British Lucius Fox, Syrian Hines as Alfred, um, Jack Quaid as Crane, uh, Alicia Vikander as Rachel, Andrew Lincoln as Gordon, and Michael B. Jordan as Bruce Wayne. You had Martin Freeman as Alfred, Daniel Radcliffe as as Crane, uh, Natalie Dormer as Rachel, Johnny Depp as Gordon, and Richard Madden as Batman. You sticking with Mm -hmm. all of those? Yeah, the Radcliffe one's very, very, very strange okay. still, but yeah, I like it. All right. So I have, of this movie, I have Joker, I have Harvey Dent, and I have Maroney. Okay. I just have Dent and Joker. Okay. So my Maroney, I had Michael C. Hall. Okay. Very Dexter himself. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen him play Italian before, but I'm sure he could do it. I mean, you know, look at Batman Begins, how Italian was Falcone. That's true. Yep. Play a play an Englishman. <laughs> yeah. I don't think yep. I don't think he needs to be fucking did, did somebody Oh did god. Somebody Brando, no, no. I will play Maroney. 
De Niro's not here. Good. That son of a bitch. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Marlon. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you Marlon, for that one little thing. Robert De Niro's a son of a bitch. I'll fucking kill. Jesus. He's he's relentless. Thank, yeah, well, yeah, thank mean, you, Marlon. See yourself out. You know, we might have to ban him for next episode. I don't know yet. I, we might. So who do you have for uh, who do you have for Harvey? I went with um, Nikolai Costa Waldo. Yeah, I can see it. Um, Jamie Lannister himself from Game of Thrones. Not because he looks like Aaron Eckhart, but because he does have that like that honorable thing about him, and then that darkness too. And I think that he can bring what it needs, you know, for the character. So I, and that, for me, he was the first one I thought of, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to find a better one, so I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, I mean, I think you get for me. I think Dent is like, you know, kind of the all-American guy, and he's kind of like as Harvey Dent. I think he's a little bit in over his head with Gotham. Like he just happens to be a great lawyer, but like as far as like the politics of Gotham, he's just like too straightforward. So I wanted somebody who could kind of do that. Uh, so I went with, I think I've used him once before with Jonathan Groff. Uh, he's in the most recent matrix movie. He's, you know, does uh, he was, he played the, the, I don't, I know last time I think we talked about, you say I hadn't seen Hamilton, but he's, uh, he's in Hamilton. Yeah, I think he's he can he can do that. He has the look I want. And he's a, he's a good actor. Yeah, handsome guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you have for Joker? So this is going to be maybe a little controversial. I don't know, whatever. But my Joker is much, 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 much older. Okay. And is it Willem you know, Dafoe? He's the only actor at this point that I would want to see as the Joker. Honestly, there's yeah. nobody else. So yeah, you know, he, he if you play any of the Arkham games, like. I don't know if they based him off of Willem Dafoe's face, but he looks just like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Joker um, in this, he doesn't have to be any age in particular. He's like, right. yeah, just just find the, the the best actor. So, yep. My my Joker. So here's the thing. And I think I've said this before. I when we decided that we were going to do this movie, I knew who I was going to cast as the Joker. I knew exactly who it was going to be. Okay. And then a movie called The Batman came out. And uh, there's a character in that movie who they don't use his name, but he has a a smile on his face. And he's played, uh, he's credited as Unseen Arkham Patient. And he's played by the actor who I was going to cast as the Joker, Barry Keegan. So, I mean, I guess great minds think alike there uh, for the Batman. So, here's, let me tell you another. So, here's a guy, my, the, the guy that I picked is, has kind of already played the Joker. Uh, and I say just give him a chance to actually play the character in this Cameron Monaghan. Yep, yep. He played on Gotham. So, he basically played the Joker on the show Gotham on Fox. However, he they were not allowed to use the Joker as a character. So what he basically played was three different versions of the Joker character. Mm-hmm. Right? So basically, I'm going to spoil a little bit of Gotham here. He played a character called... First, he played a character called Jerome Valeska, who... Basically, it was just psychopath, like in the vein of the the Ledger Joker, but a younger version, you know, pre clown makeup. 
then that character is killed off. But then there's, uh, they introduce that character's twin brother, uh, Jeremiah Valeska, who has, and they, they all look a little bit like the Joker, but not quite. Right. He, this Jeremiah Valeska is exposed to a, a, a Joker toxin and become, you know, a Joker-esque toxin. And he basically becomes a version of the Joker from like the comics in the eighties where he's Mm -hmm. and where he's like an absolute, like, like a sociopath almost like very restrained and very buttoned up. But, you know, when he lets loose, he has these crazy plans. And then, that Joker is dumped into, or that version of the Joker, that character is dumped into a vat of chemicals. And in the last episode of Gotham, he plays another version of the Joker who is like, unlike anything ever seen, which is kind of like a monstrous looking Joker with like craggy skin and shit. Uh, and they just call him Mr. J because they can't use the name Joker. So I say, this guy's had three cracks of it. He's already given three separate interpretations of the character. Just let him be the Joker. Oh, right, right. Man. Yeah, I like it. And all three versions of the Joker are great that he's done. So I'm sure, like, with the with the budget and, you know, with the, uh, you know, the, the, the right direction, he'd, he'd find another fourth take on the character that would be equally as cool. Right. Um, do you have anything for miscellaneous? Not really. I think that everybody kind of knows all the miscellaneous things that happen with this movie and specifically with Heath Ledger and everything. Um, I know that the, I guess this might be more miscellaneous for The Dark Knight Rises, but I know that Nolan decided not to recast Ledger, you know, just out of, you know, whatever it, it, it is, but out of respect. Is I that guess, a mistake but, or is the, should he have had the joke in there? I, I, the Dark Knight Rises is definitely the worst of the three. I think everybody can agree on that. Um, so I, I know in that, and this could, this could be a discussion for the Dark Knight Rises episode, but uh, I know in that, like, the, 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 the thought process, basically, for a lot of people is that Joker would basically have Crane's role in that movie. But I feel like if Heath Ledger were around, he'd have a larger, larger part to play. Yeah. I don't think you'd bring in, sure. I don't think you'd bring in this Joker a fucking Oscar winning performance, which would have won the Oscar anyway, or at least been nominated if he, if he had lived. Um, I don't think you have him be just that level cameo. Right. I, I, I don't know where he fits I mean, in, but yeah, I remember reading somewhere that he'd be like, there was going to be like a courtroom scene and all this stuff, like him on trial or whatever, which is, I don't know if that's any, I don't know if there's any truth to that. Cause how do you even put a joker on trial? I mean, you just put him in a fucking locked cage and end it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't know where he fits in, in that movie because it's so, it's almost a direct sequel to Batman begins. Right. But yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's an interesting what if. Um, yeah, for sure. So speaking of Oscars, uh, let's go to that. We've talked about this year a couple of times. Um, most recently with Iron Man. And uh, Best Picture here is won by uh, 2009, from 2008, obviously, uh, is won by Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button is nominated. Milk is nominated. 
in real life, the uh, other nominees were Frost Nixon and The Reader, but we've booted those for Wally and Iron Man. So we're looking at Slumdog Millionaire, Benjamin Button, Milk, Wally, and Iron Man. Now listen, considering the fact that the uproar from this movie not being nominated for Best Picture directly led to now there's 10 nominees. Right. Got to be nominated. Yeah. So of these five movies, what does it replace? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Mainly because I haven't seen all of them. I've seen... I haven't seen Frost Nixon. Frost Nixon's Um, up. Okay. It's out already. So we're looking at Slumdog, Benjamin Button, Milk, uh, Wally, and Iron Man. I... I guess you can go with Milk because I think Sean Penn's performance is the key. The, I, I don't remember the movie being like, whoa. Sure. I remember, the, I remember Sean Penn's performance being like, ooh, another, another good one for Sean. So maybe that one. Yeah. Okay. Milk's out. Well, yeah. Milk's out. Dark Knight's in. Or do we kick out Iron Man and just have one superhero movie in there? I'm fine with that too. I think that the Dark Knight trumps it. For sure. Yeah, I think I think we do. I'm more comfortable with that, I think. Okay. I, I love Iron Man, but I think having two very similar, like, not that they're super similar movies, but having two movies of the same genre. I don't know. I, I think I think it works better if, if we just have one superhero movie. Yeah. Um, Best Director uh, is won by Danny Boyle. Um, other nominees, David Fincher and Benjamin for Benjamin Button, Ron Howard for Frost Nixon, Gus Van Zandt for Milk, and Stephen Daldry for The Reader. Nolan's in, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think Ron Howard's out. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, best actor. So I guess we'll be looking at uh, Christian Bale for this. Sean Penn wins for Milk. Richard Jenkins is nominated for The Visitor. Frank Langella for Frost Nixon, Brad Pitt in Curious Cage from Benjamin Button, and the performance that should have won, in my opinion, Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Bale needs to be in here. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I mean, he was good. We liked him. Maybe this movie wasn't the one for he, he'd be nominated for. Yeah. Um, but yeah. so, best supporting actor, obvious here. Uh, Ledger wins for Dark Knight posthumously. Uh, Josh Brolin nominated for Milk, Robert Downey Jr. for Tropic Thunder, uh, which is a super fun nomination. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Rick's guy for Doubt, and Michael Shannon in Revolutionary Wo- Revolutionary Road. Wow, that's uh, quite the list. It is quite the lineup here. I mean, Ledger's uh, deserving. Yeah, obvious. It's, it's the obvious one. There's some great performances in, the, in this category, right? But yeah, Ledger just. It, it is it, an obvious winner in the same way as an yeah. obvious gold medal winner for, for our show here supporting actress. I, I don't think, no, I don't think Mag, Maggie Gyllenhaal, I, I, I think is a tremendous actress. I think she's great in a lot of stuff. Yep. Not the best role for her. Yeah. It's a little bit odd. I think it's very, it's almost too straightforward for her. Right. Like she needs to be, her character is for her to work. 
really well. Her characters need to be a little bit weird. And Rachel Dawes is just so aggressively normal. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so that is the Oscars. What are you eating with this movie, Derek? What are you eating with The Dark Knight? Hmm. What are we eating with The Dark Knight? Hmm. I don't I don't know what we eat with this. Cotton candy? Are we having some circus food for the clown? I maybe like some fried dough. Some fried dough? Fair food? Are we eating that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, see here's I, see, I think this movie's like too, almost too serious for that. Like I just I I think like I'm eating like a steak with this. Like steak, steak. and red wine. Okay. Very serious. Knives. Something to cut with a knife. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Sharp, I'll eat, big, I'll eat, sharp I'll steak. steak knife. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I dig steak. it. Steak. Delicious. Delicious steak. I'm a heterosexual man. Steak. <laughs> uh, so now we come to the most important part of the show. And Derek, that is when we put 30 seconds on the clock. And you tell us why The Dark Knight is the greatest movie of all time. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. The Dark Knight, 2008, Christopher Nolan. It's one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. I think that uh, a large percentage of people will agree with that. I think that Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker is just completely universally acclaimed. Um, it just takes you all the right twists and turns that you want it to go. It's a very colorful movie. Um, it's the best of the trilogy. Uh, Dark Knight, the Dark Knight. There you go. A plus. All right. That is time. So that has been our episode on the Dark Knight. We hope you enjoyed it. And that has been sequel month 2022. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much for, uh, for joining us again this year. Let's talk about, but you know, the, the podcast, it rolls on. It keeps coming. We get more movies coming up. Uh, June is a very fun month where we, uh, you know, we have unrestricted Rex picks and unrestricted Rick's picks because this is our birthday month. Um, we get, I get, Derek rather gets the first two weeks. I get the second two weeks. And because there's five Thursdays in June, we kind of came together and did one that we both like uh, for the last week. So next week, we uh, go to a very different movie than The Dark Knight. This is a, a pretty big about face, and that is uh, Jojo Rabbit, the yes. recent. Uh, I don't know how you describe that movie. Uh, Nazi comedy. Dramedy? Yeah, I, I, it's it's definitely a dramedy because it's all the, yeah. it, it, it makes you laugh and makes you cry. Yep. Uh, eight. The Taika Waititi's skewering of the absurdities of fascism. Let's say that. Yes. Um, and then have you go, seen it already? I have watched it. Yes. You have watched it. Okay. Yes. Cool. I don't have my notes prepared because uh, we we're not recording today, but I'm I will be ready. I have watched it. Um, then the following week we go even smaller. We you know superhero month was huge. Sequel month, all blockbusters. First two weeks of G- of June, very small movies. I feel like, uh, and then uh, you know what that is, Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, which would be very different from the movies we usually discuss on the show. So I'm looking forward to that. 
for sure. But but it'd be fun characterization, fun yes. character. So it'd be fun to talk about. Yes. Then we're right back. It's my pick. You know, we're going back to action. We're going back to sci-fi. We're going to the future. Welcoming Joe Boynton back for Dune. All right. And then we're going to with what is a sequel, but more of a reboot. But I can't, I cannot wait for this episode. Mad Max Fury Road. I'm excited. Yeah. And then, then we go to end June, the end of the month of June, when we're both going to be a year older, a year closer to our inevitable, demi- our inevitable demise. Yes, that's true. The grave is waiting for all of us. Uh, so, I have a guest noted for this one as Derek's cousin, Mark, because I don't know his yes. name. Uh, his name is Mark. Derek's cousin, Mark, will be on the show with us. And we're going to be talking. The Italian stallion himself. If he can't fight, at least he can cook. Rocky. The original Rocky. Yeah. So June is going to be super fun. Stick with us for that. Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, have been your co-host. Rick Barrasso. <laughs> that was so intense for no reason. And I am always your co-host. Always, always your co-host. The two-faced Bosky. Keep watching everyone. <laughs>